His goodness is running, running after us. Can you sense that? I hope you can sense his goodness chasing after you even now. This uh, worship center is mostly empty this weekend, um, and yet I can't tell you how full it feels in here. And uh, I also have the sense as we were worshiping just now uh, that, that wherever you are, you can sense that, you can feel that. You're a part of this worship experience wherever you are, and God's presence is thick with you too. I just sense that, that we're united uh, even though we may not be together physically, we are united spiritually in a very powerful way right now. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Ryan Alexander, and I serve as the lead pastor at this church we call Hosanna, which is not just about a building. It's about a people, uh, wherever we are, coming together, worshiping together. And so it is good to be together wherever you're joining us from. Now, obviously, this is a different kind of weekend. Uh, it's different than we've ever had before, actually. And, and so typically, just before the message, we have a turn and greet. And since there's no one here, and we're practicing social distance these days, I'm going to leave that to you wherever you are. But I thought we could maybe do a virtual high five. Is that possible? Or maybe fist, fist bump. Is that safer? It's probably a little safer to do fist bumps these days, even virtually. Um, again, good to be with you. Glad you're with us. This is also the... Uh, the time that we typically invite our ushers to come forward to receive tithes and offerings. Um, and again, since no, one, no one's here, including ushers, uh, I would encourage you, if this is your church home, to please take uh, this time to give online. You can text Hosanna Church to 77977. Um, again, if this is your church home, giving to the work of Jesus in our world is more important than ever before. And then with the swings in the economy, it's also more, more critical than ever before that we trust God with our finances, which is what we're doing when we bring back to God first what he's first given us. It's just simply untrue that making an idol of money only happens when the going is good. We are just as susceptible, if not more, to making an idol out of money, putting our trust in money more than God when the economy isn't as strong. We still need to hear these words, Jesus of Jesus when he says you can't serve both God and money. We put our trust in God now more than ever. And may you be blessed as you continue to give faithfully and transformationally to the Lord. Well, what, what a week, huh? What a week. As many people are saying, we've never seen anything quite like it. It's, it's kind of disorienting, I, I think. I found it to be disorienting. We're all having to develop a new normal in our lives. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've said and I've heard, we'll have to take this a day at a time. I'm gonna take it a day at a time because we don't know how things are going to change in turn, even in the, the hour, let alone days. So which as, as someone who on the Strength Finders has strategic as number one and adaptability as 34, there are 34 strengths on the Strength Finders, <laughs> still strength though, um, it's, been, uh, it's been challenging. And I know it's true for many of you as well. Uh, it's been particularly disorienting in terms of time. Uh, this past Friday, I had coffee with a friend. Uh, Jen and I had spent time with him and his wife just last Saturday. And, and we both simply couldn't believe it had been only a week since we were together. Because so much has happened over the past week. I know a lot of you can relate to this. But here we are. And I wasn't originally on the schedule to give the message this weekend, but when everything got cranked up a notch on Friday, we, we knew we had to change the schedule. I knew we had to change the schedule. Normally, we have weeks to be thinking about a message. Our team puts anywhere from 20 to 30 hours preparing 
for a given message. And I've had about 24 hours to think about this message and a few hours to actually prepare, uh, during which I've done my best to put my heart on, on paper, pastorally. I haven't had the time that I normally do to memorize uh, anything, but, but I've tried to do everything I can to give you something that will strengthen you, encourage you, and shepherd you as your lead pastor. And actually, what the Lord showed me is that he's been preparing me my entire ministry for this message, my whole life even. As many of you know, I've struggled with anxiety over the course of my life, generalized anxiety and some OCD tendencies. So it's hard to imagine a worse scenario than the coronavirus for someone with anxiety and OCD. I mean, just try to put something together that would be more anxiety producing than this, which may lead some of you to ask, how are you doing? Thanks for asking. And I, I say this sincerely, authentically, I'm doing really well. Personally, as, and as your lead pastor, I, I am feeling anchored and hopeful. Not in a naive, kind of sugar-coated uh, kind of way, but, but I'm feeling anchored and hopeful. In part, it's because someone who's wired like me, I'm always vigilant, alert, <laughs> looking for threats. I'm that guy that walks in the movie theater and starts thinking, okay, if I need an exit strategy here, where's the door? So really, it's nothing new for me um, in some ways. And maybe this experience doesn't feel as abnormal for me as it does for others. That's part of it. But more so, what allows me to stand firm, what allows anyone to stand firm in a moment like this. But for me, personally, what allows me to stand firm is 45 years of walking with Jesus. More importantly, 45 years of Jesus walking with me. Particularly over the last 25 years of being in a more committed, close relationship with Jesus. Not perfectly, but persistently making slow but steady progress over the years and trusting Jesus with every part of my life, one small step at a time. See, Jesus makes all the difference. Seeing him, knowing him, trusting him, all the difference. Not just right now, during a time in history like this, but all the time. Jesus makes all the difference all the time. And that's what I want to talk about, what I want to share with you today. I don't have any slides. It's the first time these words have come out of my mouth. There are certainly a lot of things that we could talk about, but none of them are as important as, as this one. Jesus makes all the difference, not just now, but all the time. Now, we may be more aware of our need for someone or something to give us peace or assurance. Many of us are feeling that way. And it comes and goes, some more than others, but... But all of us, wherever we're coming, we're looking for peace and assurance during a time like this. But we're actually no more in need of, in need of it than, than any other time in, in a certain respect. These last couple of weeks have stripped away that, that illusion of control, hasn't it? The false reality that we're mostly in control of our lives. Like I said, this is a real challenge for me, not being in control, having to adapt, take things, taking things one day at a time. But, but the last couple of weeks kind of stripped away this facade or this illusion of being in control. I know many of you can relate to this feeling of not being in control, especially right now. But we aren't more out of control of our lives during a time like this. A time like this reminds us of how little control we actually, actually have in our lives. Well, that's reassuring. Thanks for that. But it's true. Proverbs 27.1 says, do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day 
may bring. James 4, 13 through 15 says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, James says, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And then Jesus says in Matthew 6, 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Those words ring true right now, don't they? Well, it feels especially like we don't know what tomorrow will bring. It's actually true every day of our lives. It's why Jesus, knowing, seeing, trusting Jesus makes all the difference. Now that said, no one said it was always going to be easy, including Jesus. In the upper room at the Last Supper, Jesus said this to his closest friends and followers in John 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble. Somewhere along the way, as a 21st century North American church and people, we've been led, actually misled, to believe that what it means to be a Christ follower is to never face troubles or challenges. For many of us, our affluent and comfortable way of life has lulled us into this false reality. But Jesus says, in this world, there will be trouble. About 12 years ago, when we were living in Seattle, someone prayed a prophetic word over me and Jen that we would be involved with a church that was bringing hope and encouragement to people in the midst of a natural disaster of some kind, the epicenter of which would be in Seattle. Now, logically, I assumed if it happened, it would be an earthquake. A lot of talk about that in that part of the world. And I assumed I would be living in Seattle at the time it happened. But we moved to Minnesota two years after that word was prayed over us. And I actually pretty much forgot about that word until now. In this world, church, there will be trouble. But here's the hope and the encouragement. The rest of Jesus' statement in John 16, 33 says, in this world, there will be trouble. But then he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world, Jesus says. See, we, we aren't promised a life or a world without trouble or struggles, but we are promised a way through them. A way through any trouble and any struggle. And the way is Jesus. The way of the cross, where Jesus goes through suffering and struggle and comes out the other side in the resurrection, overcoming it all. That's the promise we have. It's why knowing him makes all the difference. Now, I, I do want to address those of you who are feeling unsettled and afraid, even anxious. I can relate to that feeling, trust me. It's important to validate those fears. See, feelings shouldn't be stuffed or minimized. They actually just go somewhere else and eventually come out even more powerfully than how we're experiencing them now. And there is a an appropriate level of vigilance that is healthy and helpful right now in our world. And, and as people of faith, we are not to be driven by fear. We're certainly not to be paralyzed by fear. Jesus in John 12, 32 says, fear not, little flock. 
And pastorally, those words resonate deeply with me as I think about you, our flock. Isn't that little of a flock, really? But, but, but in my heart, I'm, I'm feeling the same. Like, fear not, little flock. Fear not. Hear, hear those words. And, and then every angel, just about every angel that appears to someone in the Bible starts with these words. Don't be afraid. I've heard someone say before that, that heaven's primary message for earth, and we learn this from the angels, is don't be afraid. The angel says this to Mary in Luke 1. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. He is with you. He is for you. 1 John 4.18 says this. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And Jesus in 14, John 14.27 says, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Hear this, wherever you are, whenever you're taking in this message, God is with you. It's for you. He loves you with an unending, perfect love that can cast out fear. Let's just all take, take that in. Soak that in for a moment. Sense his presence. Sense his favor. Sense his love his peace. See, once we get over the false notion of life, of a life without struggle or trouble and recognize that Jesus gives us a way through it, then we can begin to ask this question, how's God going to use it? There are lots of ways we could talk about this, including Romans 5, Paul talks about how suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Somehow hope comes out of suffering and struggle. The other night at our vision board meeting, it was last Tuesday, it's hard to believe it was just last Tuesday again, time. We were talking about the coronavirus situation, how to best shepherd you, our flock, through the days ahead. Your leaders are thinking about you, praying for you. Someone shared this in the midst of that conversation. While the potential economic outcomes of the coronavirus are certainly concerning, there is an investment philosophy that says, says, sell high, buy low. And the thought emerged, what if we looked at our ministry opportunity right now as a church, as the people of God, as, as followers of Jesus that way? Buy, or maybe a better word is invest low. When people in our world are feeling low, uncertain, scared, let's invest more of what Jesus brings into this world. Let's double down on Jesus Let's invest in some of the things that seem to matter most to Jesus and God's word. Lots of ways we could, directions we could go with this, but, but the three investments that the Lord seemed to be pointing me to this morning were these three words, that we would invest more empathy, more unity, and more generosity into this world. When people are low, let's invest low. Let's invest more empathy, unity, and generosity. I want to talk about each one of these investments that we can make when people are low. Starting with empathy or compassion. And during a time like this, there's a natural tendency for people to go into self-protected mode. Every man, woman, and child for him or herself. Let's make sure we get all the toilet paper off the shelves for our house. Right? Lots of ways that this is happening. And some of it needs to happen. There is a need 
you know, to, to be wise and to, to separate somewhat socially, right? Uh, there's an article that's out there. The title is, Pandemics Kill Com- Compassion Too. And again, we need to be wise. We need to follow the social distancing guidelines, which by the way, as an introvert, my whole life, I didn't know about that term, social distancing, but I like that term, not in the way we're using it right now, but introverts get that. But this is why we're not holding large group worship gatherings at our campuses this week, and we are committed to protecting the most vulnerable and the most affected by this. And more to come on whether this will continue and worshiping online like this, it appears that it, it may need to for a time, but we'll send out more communication and be specific about that in, in the days ahead. But as a follower of Jesus, we are never to be exclusively or even primarily concerned about ourselves. Jesus says whoever loses their life, their, their self will find it. Christians have been known for this kind of radical empathy and compassion over the years. And may it be so for us. May we be people of deep, deep compassion and let's invest more empathy into the world. Let's really care about what other people are going through. Have God's heartbeat for this world and for people who are suffering in this world. The second thing we're gonna invest more of into this world is unity. We're gonna buy low, invest in unity versus division. We've seen this playing out in the media, in politics, with our leaders, in all arenas. In situations like this, and it's true in relationships too, like marriage, stress tends to either bring people closer together or it can tragically drive people apart. Stress, personally and and with groups of people, tends to either bring out the worst in people or can bring out the best in people. And we're seeing lots of examples of both. At Hosanna, I can tell you where we're going to land with this. This situation, this health scare is going to bring out the best in us as Jesus followers. We are going to see it as a a buy low opportunity to invest more unity every chance we get. If any situation should bring people closer together, it's a time like this. And Hosanna, we are going to be a part of leading the way. Why? Why? because we are a people committed to looking more and more like Jesus. Jesus who prayed unity over, over the believers, all believers in John 17 as part of, part of his, I said fart, all right. Okay, you can laugh about that. As part of his final prayer before going to the cross. Unity, may they be one as we are one father so that the world may know. We're gonna invest more unity. And lastly, we're going to buy low, invest in generosity. I talked about this earlier. For most of us, not, not all of us, now is the time to become, not the time to become less generous. For most of us, not all of us, now is not the time to become less generous. It will be a time to become more generous. There will be plenty of opportunities for each of us to give above and beyond to those who will be most affected by the financial fallout from this situation. We know that that will be some of you in our community, in our congregation. And we must come together to help care for each other and share what we have. We saw this, we see this in the book of Acts, the early church who came together and shared everything they had. 
making sure that no one was without. And I wanna encourage you to keep giving to your local church, whatever that is, here, wherever that is, here or, or elsewhere. With the fallout financially and all that's been stirred up in people, people who need to know that Jesus is the only one who makes all the difference. Our mission and work as a church has never been more important. We can't afford to take a step back. The world, the world needs us. I know this sounds bold, but I believe this is actually going to be a huge step forward for for our generous and faithful church, spiritually and otherwise. That's one of the ways God is going to use this moment to work for the good in, in this church's history and the church's history, the big C church. Lastly, I wanna leave you with this pastoral word. The way it was given to me, the way I wanna share it is this, focus more on what keeps you anchored and less on what tosses you to and fro. Hebrews 12.2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 6.19 says, this hope we have as an anchor for the soul, both sure and unshakable. Fix our eyes on Jesus. An anchor for the soul, both sure and unshakable. Hosanna Church, It's time to drop anchor, to anchor our lives in Jesus, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who has overcome the world, the one who will keep us anchored through the storm, the the one way through it all. Because Jesus makes all the difference during a time like this and all the time. I came across an article about how to deal with mental health issues right now. I read this very closely and gave some good recommendations. Like don't get isolated, don't eliminate community. We're being told not to interact with people and there are some ways that we need to be wise and careful and protect the most vulnerable. But it it can't mean that we're not connecting with others, that we're not thinking about others, we're not praying for others that we're not tabling. We stepped aside from our series called At the Table this week, but it's still a very relevant thought that we would be still tabling. It may need to be from a distance, virtual kind of community and all kinds of ways that that can happen these days. And I also wanna say, Spirit's leading me to share this, that maybe some of you are listening right now. You're not part of a community like that. And, and this is a place that we would want you to feel like you could be part of a community, that you're not alone, that we would invite you in whenever we start meeting together in person and certainly as we continue to meet like this, we invite you to be part of our community. The second recommendation was limit the amount of news and the intake input that you're taking in. It can get overwhelming. We're just hearing a lot of the same things, so you know, limit that amount of input. Get the sufficient amount of input. And then limit the sources, including social media. Find a few sources you can really trust and then kind of just lean into those. There are lots of voices out there right now. Many are true and important. Only one of them has, only one of them has the world in his hands. Only one of them has overcome the world. I posted this on social media yesterday. 
There are lots of voices speaking to us right now. Many of them are true and important. But may the loudest voice we hear be the one who who has it all in hand. My pastoral prescription for this moment is to read Romans 8. The whole thing is good, but you focus in on verses 31 through 39 twice daily, morning and night. That's my prescription pastorally for you. And I'm gonna close by doing just that. Reading Romans 8, 35 through 39 twice as a word, as a blessing, as God's truth declared over you, spoken over you. I've been asking, parents are asking, well, how do we talk with our kids about this? How do we walk with our kids through this? This would be a good way to do it. I read this to my boys last night and to show them that you're gonna fix your eyes on Jesus, anchor your life in Jesus. You're gonna double down on Jesus. So just hear these words wherever you are. Let them sink into your soul and read them twice. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. receive these words for you one more time. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or pandemic? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.